Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of March 2nd, 2023. I am your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I am joined by Alex Plant. I'm excited, which is like saying something for me. Hey! Uh, we're also joined by Lee and Dark Alex. We're telling lies on this show. It would be a fun April Fool's joke if I, like, actually ran with that. And, like, we just put in huge gaps of conversation where we pretended anyone was talking. April Fool's. Lee and Alex uh, are not here today. Dark Alex, to be more specific. Um, it's just uh, it's just me and you, Alex Plant. How you doing? Uh, I, am, I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm also doing fantastic. It's April Fool's Day. Gotcha, by the way. It's not March 2nd. It's April Fool's Day. Got you again. It's April 2nd. <laughs> Have fun getting gaslit all show while I keep doing this. Yes, yeah, lo- low stakes gaslighting here. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing good. I, lots of cool gaming stuff coming out. Lots of stuff I'm excited for. Um I am not, I mean, I'm bummed about the eShop closure, which we'll talk about, but um, I wound up getting everything uh, that I wanted to, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not pressed about it. It's. I'm not sad for completely different reasons that I guess we'll get into. Okay. Um, well... Should should we just should get we into just it? Get into Since it? we yeah, already exactly yeah <laughs> okay. Wait, why aren't you sad? I'm not sad because it turns out I didn't actually buy anything before it went down, and then it went down, and I regretted nothing. Um, there was a reason I hadn't bought stuff before. You know, um, mm-hmm. I did end up downloading a couple like free DLC type things just so I could have them claimed for my account, so I could re-download yep. them in the future. Uh, things like the Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X patches that like improve loading times and stuff that I just never got around to uh, in the past. Are, were those updates or were those DLC? They were. Wait a minute. Te- okay. Technically considered DLC, like you had to redeem them like DLC. They were just free. Oh, oh, that's really annoying. Because okay, they didn't really have some... like optional patching capability back on the Wii U. They that did. They ju- well, it's not optional, but like yeah, they exactly. just had just update updates. data that you could download. Co- okay, so that's really freaking frustrating because that actually gets to one of the big problems with all of this is how complicated it was to just navigate the whole system. It yeah. really reminded me what a bad UI the Wii U had. I mean, the plaza was really fun and there were a lot of great ideas going on there. But like the eShop page is like 10 seconds of loading just to be like, are yeah. you sure you want to buy this? And then you click yeah. yes, and it's like, are you super sure? And you click yes, and it's like, you have to own the game first. And it's like, <laughs> yes. let me, I know, just, I th- I <laughs> this is about free that, DLC. Nintendo. Why so much yeah. security? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 people are mourning, like, the loss of, like, Nintendo eShop music. And I'm like, they needed that music because you were going to be waiting for a long time on the Nintendo eShop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that um, I, well, I got. In so the I same guess we vein, can like still a get lot in, of 3ds. Oh, sorry. We can still get into the eShop again, and you just can't pay for anything, right? 
Right. So you can re-download yeah. things and you can update things. You can download update data that you had not gotten before, which is why I'm frustrated about Xenoblade X, because that's one of the games that I got before the shop closed. And I think I got I think if there you was got just, it like, some digitally, costume DLCs. If you got it digitally, you're fine. The main thing, the reason oh. they had the DLC, the reason why it's available as DLC is because it was for the disc version of the game and they needed to like get around the like slow disc speeds. Um, okay. which caused a lot of pop oh. in and loading issues. Um, Interesting. So it, it loads in things like character character data will be cached on your system, uh, monster data, like all that stuff, all that stuff that spawns out in the world that you run are running into constantly just loads much faster when you've got the, the update uh, for, for the disk version of the game. Okay, well, that's really clever then. Um, I'm actually happy about that. Yeah, they did something really <laughs> similar, I think, with uh, Breath of the Wild on on a Wii U. Uh, if you had the disc version, you needed to download like four gigs and install it. Oh wow! Yeah, I Breath of the Wild Wii U is also one of the digital titles I just got. I don't really know why, but <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I think part of it is that I basically I basically completed my Wii U library minus shovelware. Like I think mm -hmm. I've got everything that I want on Wii U just until the end of time at this point which is great in fact let me let me grab out my systems and see uh i just have to prepare for we're going to talk about what we've been playing later and um give me one second on that sure um i can still hear you so if you want to take the conversational torch while i go i'll be back with a response okay yeah, there were a few things that I thought about buying. I thought about buying some of the Fire Emblem games on 3DS that I just never got around to, but then most of them don't have a completely stellar reputation. So, yeah, whatever. No, no. Um, Wait, what no, do you mean by that? No I crying. thought I, Echoes, I think the 3DS Fire has a are decent great. Rep, Echoes has a decent reputation. Fates is more mixed, but none of them seem like I, I couldn't skip them. Um or rather i would i i couldn't uh uh do without them i guess um uh i almost thought about getting the pushmo game on wii u that one i'm almost regretting but i have a really strong hunch that they're just gonna port all that stuff to switch anyway so yeah um what else was i thinking about uh, I thought about getting some Square Enix RPGs, but Square Enix has been in a really like port happy mode mood lately. Mm -hmm. I, I thought about getting Bravely Default. Um, I thought about getting the original Fantasy Life, but then I'm like, all these games have sequels on Switch, so it, it's fine. Yeah, I um, I did something which. I would regret if I had better wits about me, but I'm in completely a mode where I'm like, you know what? Last chance. Just got to do it. I I went and downloaded just about everything I thought I might ever conceivably want. I said, savings, who needs them? <laughs> um, I've got <laughs> – we've got real futures tied to physical media here. Um, no NFTs. These are nifty cartridges. Hey. Um <laughs> Speaking of which, I did, like, a lot of what I actually went out and bought was physicals on, like, Amazon and eBay and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I went and I downloaded, like, a lot of eShop titles that I had ever, you know, like, it, basically I just got rid of everything on my wish list. Um, and then searched around for, like, special deals. Like, I never would have bought Monster Hunter if on any of them if it wasn't $2 on all of them. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, um, so I got a, a lot of sale. great... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I wish more companies had done that. Um, 
because I think because <laughs> uh, we have not? a hunch Nintendo could have made a lot more money off of Metroid Prime Federation Force if they sold it for nine dollars as a fire sale at the end of it. Because who wants it for forty? Nobody. I well, bet I mean, a lot it, of people would just say, you know what? Why not? And imagine if they put the entire like Virtual Console catalog on sale on Wii U. Especially stuff that's not available on other systems. Like, yeah, I mean, tons of people would have yeah. scooped that stuff up. I would have scooped some of that stuff up. I skipped it all because I've got it already, like, on <laughs> DS and Game Boy yeah. and, and stuff. But I agree with the sentiment. Um, I also almost bought Mario Kart DS because I don't think I've ever owned it. Oh, but, that's right. You were texting me that. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It can't play it's online. Fine. So what's the point, really? Well, Grand Prix and stuff. You could play as Rob. I don't know. Yeah. It's a fun experience, but if you've already missed it, I mean, I don't want to sell you on it after the fact. Eventually, they're going to port it all into better better Mario Kart games, or rather, more modern Mario Kart games. So eh, Honestly, I also I didn't check any of the like prices on Mario Kart DS, but I bet you can find it like pretty cheap used. Yeah, that's, that was a pretty uh, common game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot of stuff that it was digital only, including a lot of DLC. So Fire Emblem Fates, I got the um, the third DLC for. Uh, <laughs> I remember yeah. talking a lot on this show about what a wild concept it was that they made three different versions of a Fire Emblem game. But here I am now buying oh, and you all know what's funny is Then they made a game that had three games inside of it for the price. Of yeah, one. I mean, they, they realized <laughs> that... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it seems like they could have just done that the first time. Uh, hey, they're experimenting. Hey, they're money experimenting hungry. with making money all? on Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny now, too, that they're putting out like Fire Emblem Engage DLC like a month after it launches, even less than that. Well, that's because that anyway. game has been done for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> They've just been sitting on it, and they They're finished all the DLC in the meantime. Well, you know, they had the Fire Emblem Warriors game, what, uh, uh, I guess it's two two years ago now? Last year? I don't remember. I'm not sure. So they must have been just waiting for that game to come out was, and be done. I think it was maybe even four years ago, because that is one of the ones I bought on 3DS. And it, that actually leads me into one of the big grievances I have with the whole... We were talking about the UI on both of these platforms. The 3DS games... Or maybe the platform, I should uh, say, blocks you from buying DLC from the eShop. You have to buy it in-game. And a lot of games oh, really? lock it behind. Yeah, a lot of games lock it behind, like, various menu systems and often even, like, various goal points in the game. You have to unlock the ability to buy DLC. So when panic buying all this stuff before the eShop closes, like... I could not get the Theater Rhythm DLC because you just you have to like beat the story mode to be able Jeez. to unlock the ability to buy it, which is like what? Well, thankfully um, they've I'm a little learned frustrated from those mistakes. by that. <laughs> yeah. Um it's interesting um after the eShop closed on March 27th, I guess they they reopened the ability to redeem download codes probably realizing that some games actually do that one of the games i got was yokai watch 3 because um when you try to find it on like amazon or ebay right now it's like 400 dollars physical so i bought it just for 40 um i wasn't really 
you know, sold on it. I but I figure, you know, I'm never gonna want to play this for four hundred dollars, and it's only gonna go up from there. So yeah. I might as yeah. well just get it now for the heck of it. Yeah. Um. And it came with a download code for like, you know. Pro, like promo DLC, like buy the game and get the DLC for free kind of thing. Um, you know how like Pokemon is always giving away like Victini if you buy it before fall, like yeah. you just catch a level five Victini like at the very beginning of the game. Yokai Watch 3 does a very similar thing, but they do it at chapter two. So ah. I've actually been playing Yokai Watch 3 just a little bit. Um, I have some thoughts on that later for what we've been playing, but um, I'm trying to get to the point where I can redeem this download code and the clock's ticking. Yeah, right. Jeez, that's a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I guess it's because they sent the download code to my email, um, but uh, I don't I don't know why I chose Yokai Watch 3 to try before any of the other things I, I got. Um, another area that I was frustrated with this about was, um, oh, well, there's a couple, actually. Um, you know, they're, like, basically all the system software of 3DS. There's the Badge Arcade, which I haven't even, like, opened and tried to figure out how that's going to work moving forward. I, I have a hunch it might just not, which is a huge shame. Um, there is... Uh, the Street Pass Me Plaza, they wound up adding a bunch of, like, additional games that you can buy as DLC. So I went and I bought all of those packs, and um, I was like, great, I'm I bought all the extra Street Pass mini games, so I'm all set. And then on, like, two days ago, I opened up Street Pass again uh, to, like, check my gate just to see, like... You know, just to go back to the gate and the bunny was like, hey, we're selling a VIP pass. And turns out there was a whole other Street Pass expansion that wasn't even about games that I can't get now, which is a big bummer. Um, so it really, really sucks when they when they block this stuff behind, like actually interacting with the software and don't just let you say, hey, I want to download the complete experience and let me try it later. Yeah. It, and they, they got so piecemeal in the later stages of the 3ds with how they yeah. distributed certain things it, yeah it, you you might have completely missed just entire chunks of what you could get on 3ds yeah well and it took like 20 minutes to do all that just for street pass like just sell me a 30 dollar bundle for the entire expansion all at once yeah let me yeah. download it all at once i don't want to talk to the rabbit six different times well, we were. This was the. This was like peak of uh, the age of microtransactions and games. I feel like. It, yeah. So it makes it makes sense that they did things that way. As frustrating One of the as it was. Really interesting things they tried there though was Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, where you can actually like haggle down the price of the games. And um, I'm not going to play through that entire experience between you know, I guess they gave us a year to do it, but you know, give us yep. a year and we'll all start thinking about it for the very last week yeah um so i i took one look at rusty's real deal baseball on my thing and said i i, I can't so okay i'm just never gonna play this yeah it, it sucks because like the best time to do this would have been after their next system was announced when there's a bunch of stuff that's coming out probably around that launch that we like can't play yet we can't play yet 
we probably we, we might have some unfinished switch games but certainly there's a bunch of games that we're thinking about but can't play might as well bust out our 3ds's and our wii u's that's actually uh, a really interesting strategy for i mean i i would think that they are trying to do some sort of backwards compatibility thing where it's like a switch 2 it's using similar cartridges maybe they got the little tab on the top of them like the 3ds you know cartridges did um but if they go a route again where they can't make the games backwards compatible and just you know continue the software lineup through the end of the switch's life cycle and into the next ones by letting the next console play both kinds of games they would have a software gap they would have probably a year or two like they did on the wii like they did on the 3ds even well not so much 3ds um but they would have this moment in time where yeah we're all looking forward to the big new stuff and we have nothing new to play on on the current hardware the switch and so yeah start fire sailing everything on the 3ds eShop and just give us a year to remember how great that console was yeah and wii u a little bit i don't know but it's like nintendo so was re- clearly ready to move on you can kind of tell from the uh first of all wii u just completely tanking but also oh, yeah. 3ds just didn't really seem to have a lot of software sales even given that its hardware sales weren't too bad so you you have to imagine there just wasn't a lot of activity happening. Sales sales you mean um like discounts like or games, like people games were not buying being software. Sold. <laughs> it had a pretty low attach rate. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um I, I this was something I, I always sort of had in the thought I had in the back of my mind was people were saying, Oh yeah, the three DS turned around and I kept thinking, but it doesn't seem like people are buying games for it like they did on the DS and on the on the Wii. I think so. part of what happened is they released like seven different models, and so a lot of users were buying like you know three or four DSs yeah. and putting their old ones back online. Like, well, to, and that just means the sales were not what they appeared to be, right? Right. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hardware numbers were inflated artificially. Right. Exactly. Um, um, so I mean, they they were clearly they clearly did not think that there was really any, and they they probably were not making money on those eShops at this point. No, I mean, I'm sure there's that and many other reasons to to close them down. Um, but yeah, yeah, it would still it still would have been nice if there was like I I, <laughs> I would way rather have the eShop open a little while longer and then like if there is a Switch software gap where there's just like a year or two where it's you know Port City, yeah, like I would just I would just way rather be able to use that time to go finish off my 3ds you know backlog um but that's okay that's that's how it is r.i.p to our little shopping bag guy who's still alive but everyone is saying r.i.p too so um he will be missed i guess april fools he's a piece of code (laughs) debatable if those are alive we're in a new new frontier of he's not quite ai yet so you don't know he's that prob- he's probably he's, well maybe maybe he is now he probably <laughs> wasn't back then <laughs> um so yeah i've been playing yokai watch three I, one of the games i downloaded um was called herald's walk and it was okay. sold for like two or three dollars um it was originally five dollars on sale 
Um, it is just like absolute garbage wear. I think on purpose. I hope if if the, the developer happens to be a fan, I don't <laughs> mean to insult it. I it's like got an aesthetic that I really like love, and it it's the only other game from this. It, what did I must I must have bought at least a hundred games. Oh really? I was gonna I, ask I, like how how crazy did you go here? Way like way too crazy. I had to delete a bunch of. Um, okay, here's here's another problem that I I discovered is that the 3ds home menu can only take 300 like software icons at a time. Yeah. So eventually they're gonna have to shut down the eShop servers and you won't be able to re-download things. So does like, it, Matt? Okay. Does it help to now put you have stuff to delete folders? stuff on your menu to make room for other stuff and then you can't re-download it someday? Can can folders alleviate that, or is it just three hundred no. icons? Okay, well that's three hundred icons, including what's in folders. So interesting. That's really frustrating. I'm I, I I may one day have to just delete all the virtual console from my system. Yeah. I couldn't get a bunch of DSiware because there's on a di- in addition to the three hundred software limit for all software, there's a forty title limit for DSiware. So right. Um. You know, there were a lot of tough decisions to make, and it was not fun. But say la vie. Well, you got 100-plus games out of it, so. I know. <laughs> I can't complain too much, yeah. even if my, my my credit card got frozen, like, three times in this process. They were like, what? Uh, we see in you're making a lot of purchases, e-commerce purchases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm glad to know that the 3D still, like, works on my system. It doesn't give me, like, headaches. I'm not not too old for that yet. I was going to say, you're not old I'm, yet, so. I am. I'm 27. I'm, my bones are you're giving not, way. You're not 30 yet. It's I'm not, it, it, not it, quite it'll 30. It'll hit, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Most of this stuff is, like, wrapped up. So, oh, I, I've been playing Harold's Walk. It's, oh, like... Yeah. It's 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 a game that somebody made. It's well, it's it's like um, I don't I just don't know how to say it. It's unfathomably bad. <laughs> like it's it's like someone put it together in like three hours in Unity, and I like I think that's what happened. Like I think someone was just like, "LOL, how much of a garbage game can I make and get approved on the eShop?" Yep. Um, like that's how this reads to me. Um, or it, 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 it could be like a really young coder, like just trying out their first game. And because they got it on the eShop, they're like, all right, whatever. Here's a good practice. Put sure. it out there. We, they um, made it publishing easy enough that I, I might as well try something. Right. Yeah. Um, it's got like an interesting vaporwave aesthetic to it where like the, the, the sh- shop page like looked almost like the stonks meme. And um, I don't know. It's just goofy. I encourage anyone listening to look up on YouTube some gameplay of Harold's Walk. If you can even find it. I mean. <laughs> Someone somewhere must have played it and must have streamed it. <laughs> yeah. It's too goofy not to. Um, I got all three Box Boy games. I got that Puzzle and Dragons Mario edition. Nice. Nice. Um, I got the Denpa Men. Um, I remember reading about this, but I cannot remember what it was. The Dempa Men? Yeah. 
you got to look it up. I can't describe it, and I haven't tried it out yet, so I, I not okay. helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I basically just got went and got every like eShop title that made our our news when we were writing at Gamnesia. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> anything I recognized, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll try it. You know, it got attention for a reason. Pocket Card Jockey, I'm excited to try. Got all those little Kirby bonus games, DDD's Drum Dash. Nice. Um, and my first Rhythm Heaven game, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, was only released digitally in North America. That's right. Um, I haven't tried it out yet, but, you know, there are huge fans of this series, and I'm sure for great reasons. So this is a really good one to get um, because it's it's the best of the best. It's the WarioWare Gold of Rhythm Heaven. Oh, I, I did... Back when they announced that the eShop was closing, I did go back and buy all of the uh, Pokemon games that I didn't have on 3DS. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's I guess, one thing. I'm not, I haven't touched my 3DS since I did that, but I did do it. <laughs> They're better than Scarlet and Violet, I'll tell you that. Uh, Sure, I'll believe that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, Speaking of, that's another game that I've um, been playing recently. Um, I've noticed something that doesn't really come up in the conversation about what's wrong with those games um i'm sorry to people who like them i have played so many thousands of hours of pokemon in my life that i recognize these are bad games these ones and it's a big bummer that they're probably going to be the best selling in the entire series because that's a really bad lesson for game freak to learn yeah but um one of the things that people don't talk about so much is that you have to fight the camera in order yeah. to play it's constantly adjusting to nonsense like it's like well, it's... and that's hard when pokemon can spawn pretty much anywhere and pop yeah. in at any time and it's hard with the motion <laughs> like the frame rate gives me motion sickness because it's like jittering all the way to the side and i'm like all right well i'm gonna keep my control stick focused on what i'm want to look at and then the game is like haha no you won't here's a big patch of grass and i'm gonna zoom in 30 feet Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Breath of the Wild, like intentionally changed the camera for you, like with purpose. The, and Scarlet Violet really just, in so many ways, seems to have just copy pasted things that Breath of the Wild did and not thought about them and how it relates to Pokemon at all. And um, that's really frustrating, especially when it makes me physically ill to play the game as a result. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning um, gating certain like downloadable content behind progress, and that I feel mm-hmm. is another big problem because I have gotten not a single one of the special raids Pokemon because I am just not far enough in the game to start doing that content. <laughs> yeah, that ha- that's really frustrated me all this time. I mean, from like two weeks after the game came out, they're like, all right, you have to beat all eight gyms twice and the Elite Four, all three stories we put in the game. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Who? No. You made a gigantic The only people who game. might have that time is, like, kids who are in school all day, by the way. Yeah. And that's, like, if they're, like, avoiding their homework. Like, how, I, just, I don't know how any person at all had made it to the point where they could get Charizard without joining a friend's raid. I've joined friend's raids, like, every single time that they've put these seven stars out. Not, so I've been catching them. But, like, yeah, I just can't fathom w- what are they thinking. 
I don't know. It's also they're, like not helpful because you want to enjoy game. this game slowly in bites. Like yes. you want this to be an adventure that you play out like over time. And so it like why rush people through it? It's one of the things I've noticed like playing the game was I was trying to do it so fast to get these special guys that I, I wound up just like binging on a bad experience. Like yeah. I don't want these frame rate issues. I like you know, I this, found the frankly, game this actually... music is too lo-fi quality for Switch. <laughs> like, for a long time, Pokemon music has not been the quality that it should. Um, these graphics, yeah. like, it's just, it's not a great experience to play. But it's, it's you can digest it in pieces. And yeah, instead, I, actually I ate found the whole it, thing at once. I found it okay when I was playing it, like, very slowly and, and not methodically exactly. But, like, I wasn't really trying to focus on making tons of progress quickly. It was yeah almost a nice experience <laughs> if not for the technical issues it might have been a nice experience yeah I, I i wish i wish they hadn't like done that whole thing or at least made it so that like you can access those raids at any point in the game because i i am never now going to have the experience where the whole region is fresh and i like don't know what i'm exploring and I lost out on the experience of just like hanging out in that world. Yeah. Um, right. Because I think that's what it was designed for. And we can say all we want that it's like empty and like the item structure is like not very interesting. There's basically like two things you can do in that game fight Pokemon and find items. And neither but the, of the those... way you discover items is not fun. And right. Neither of those Pokemon mechanics is, is like fine. populated in the world in yeah. an interesting way. It's just yeah. like, oh, here's a bunch of Pokemon we're gonna dump. I tried. I've been trying to complete the Pokedex, so I like look in the Pokedex for guys I haven't caught yet, and it'll say like what area on the map that they are. And it's nothing like the old games where it would just tell you, hey, they're on this route, and you're like, okay, you go walk in the grass and walk around until you find one. They, the the world is, in terms of like habitat area. The map has, like, square tiles that the Pokedex will be like, all right, it's in all of these kinds of patches of land. Mm -hmm. And you walk around those patches, and they're just randomly spawning in, yes. like, groups. You have to – and I guess it's kind of similar that, yeah, you have to walk around for a while in order to necessarily find what you're looking for. But it's, it's just – Well, and what's so bizarre to me is coming off of Legends Arceus where the encounter design was very, like – meticulously designed like mm -hmm. pokemon are placed in specific places outside of like yeah. random spawn events like that's what i was expecting from this game and it is not at all what we got yeah i mean the the map is just too big for its own good and they didn't have the time to develop it um and, and fill it up with like interesting challenges and moments it's yeah. just walk around this giant area that's all loaded at once way too much for the switch to handle yeah and... Oh, and for a game coming this late in the Switch's lifespan, you would think that they would have had the time to yeah. handcraft it correctly, and they just don't seem well, to have operated my, that My way. conspiracy theory that I'm, I might have shared on the show before is that there actually was, like, a Switch Pro coming, yeah. and the chip shortage just completely messed with that. These games were planned so, like, well enough in advance that they were intending, all right, it's going to... It's going to work on the Switch, but we're designing it for the Switch Pro. And then the Switch Pro had to get canceled. 
um, for like these chip shortage reasons, or like let's just all let's just front load all of this R and D towards the Switch Two, for example, and yeah. Pokemon suffered as a result. Yeah, I mean you can just tell by the way they branded the OLED that that was not their plan A. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, like the, it's Nintendo Switch. I think in parentheses OLED model. I think that's how they brand it. Am I, am I remembering this correctly? I don't know. I don't. I didn't pay that close uh, very, attention to it. Very odd for Nintendo to approach things that way. Um. Yeah. I like on on some level, yeah. But on some level, like just seeing all of their chaotic names for everything in the last generation like i think nintendo switch parentheses oled is way better it's a nintendo I switch mean, that's all you need it to is know. what it it is what it says that it is um but i agree that like it seems that in terms of like the consumer electronic life cycle they've said this in 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 investor meeting after investor meeting that like apple is the model that they're going for yeah so it just checks out to me that that a switch pro would have been in development and frankly like intended because that's that's the exact model that they cite that they want to replicate is to just beef up their platform and keep it can keep it um constantly well, relevant so not always beefing up though because i think the we've had we've basically been on a two-year cycle for hardware refreshes we had the mm -hmm. uh the red box switch and the switch Lite, i think both in 2019 we mm -hmm. had the oled model in 2021 now we're in 2023 so that seems like if they want to stick with their hardware refresh schedule we were we will be due to have something this year whether that's a switch two or what whatever whatever i mean i like i am frankly i'm i'm like low-key expecting that in the summertime for like what would be e3 um even though they said they weren't going to participate i have a well no they've still got pikmin coming out i don't know i can I, see i feel like, like a, an announcement is coming soon because in, i can see why tears of the kingdom like dlc and performance upgrades would be like a huge seller for the switch too. metroid prime 4 as like a dual compatibility thing, you know, like Breath of the Wild was on both systems. Doing that to Metroid Prime 4 makes a lot of sense to me. And it seems yeah. like they're ramping up for that game to come out this year, just given all the Metroid attention. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, and I, you know, I can smell it in the air. Who knows how long it's going to be, but it's it's coming. They've got a massive second half of the year size gap in the games that we know are coming. So they probably are, have big plans for what they're going to do with that gap, I would imagine. Yeah. They're deliberately withholding. Yes. Um, I've been playing some Mario Kart 8 DLC. That came out. Um, yeah, I was actually really pleased with the, the fourth pack. Uh, not just for Yoshi's Island. I just felt like it felt more like what I was thinking most of the other uh, packs would be like. The The visuals have really, like, upgraded themselves uh, yeah <laughs> the syntax is wrong there the developers really upgraded the visuals they heard us and they like went to work i'm kind of um, surprised that hasn't like retroactively changed some of the older stuff that they dropped like toad circuit for example like could have very easily i'm not too some surprised but i agree they kind of should go back and fix it yeah um i uh i am really impressed with the like new track designs i still kind of feel like mario circuit ds was like kind of a boring pick 
It's it's derivative of other courses that are already in this game as retro tracks. Yeah. And that are already also like used as inspiration for new courses in this game. So there's just way too many Mario circuits. Yeah. Um but I hadn't, like I said, I haven't not played the DS game, so I was quite happy to actually to have more DS oh, representation. True enough. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of people haven't, so there you go. Yeah. Um, I'm still disappointed by all of the city track inclusions. I kind, I have to wonder if they're planning. You know, they they shut down all their mobile games eventually. Like it seems like that was not a successful endeavor for them, at least in their eyes. Um, yeah. towards their goals um i think it's good to have nintendo games on mobile phones but point just being like i kind of get the sense that they're trying to migrate all the tour original tracks over to mario kart 8 so that yes. when they shut it down it's not gone yes um, it will essentially be a mario kart that everybody who plays mario kart has access to yeah um yeah and I, I'm, I'm also so happy like, they're there for the same reason even though i don't i love i i, I like them conceptually but yeah they're not particularly fun some of the newer ones they're yeah. they're, they're they're improving i think as we get deeper into that that game um mm-hmm. the uh the singapore and bangkok were were all right um new york minute was not very fun <laughs> no no paris was not very fun cool ideas not very fun yeah um I, but, I enjoy uh, too that with some of the other retro tracks, they're bringing in some of the Mario Kart Tour like spins on those tracks, like the Calamari Desert going through the train tunnel thing. Yeah, oh, was that was really big. fun, really cool. They haven't really done that so much lately. Um, I I Riverside Park got a really cool upgrade. Just they they kind of changed like the story of of where you're driving like yeah yeah you you like start in the sort of mud and then you go up the mountain and through the waterfall like none of that conceptually was in the original track and i think upgrades like those are really cool mm-hmm. um but you yeah, know for, it, for the it GBA kind of works on a super course nintendo by course ones basis. in particular sorry what was that for the gba and the super nintendo ones in particular i like that they're they're reimagining them in in some ways yeah totally um the big news about mario kart is that poochie is coming to mario kart tour as a driver i don't know how i never thought of poochie for mario kart i want poochie in smash bros and it never occurred to me he could be a mario kart character yeah poochie you know I, he would be a fun smash character he'd also be a pretty decent assist trophy just because of the way he functions in gameplay um sorry what, what um you cut out a little bit for me oh i think poochie could be a fun assist trophy in smash also oh yeah or like a partner character for Yoshi. That'd like a fun. couple of moves have like he gets on Poochie and rides like a stampede yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. I hope he comes to Mario Kart 8. Seems like he would have come with this DLC pack if he was coming to 8. So, yeah, um, I agree, which I'm bummed out about. But I also, you know, like they could do um like a Yoshi's Woolly World stage later on. Yeah, that's true. And who I, I knows? Maybe they'll do more if they're DLC. They're going to have another set of DLC courses Ex- after exactly. the ones that they've announced. Or maybe not Seems just maybe like not much, courses, but... maybe characters, because there's so many skins and stuff in Tour that just, like you said, if they want Tour to live on, Mario Kart 8 is the logical place to move that content. That's true. They, yeah, they could, in, they could introduce a. Um, 
character pack, I guess. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to believe that they wouldn't just finish it all off with the booster course pass they already announced. I mean, I would love that. I just, but there's we'll so see. much there in tour that I could see them doing something more a la carte. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love, I would love Mario. <laughs> you were talking about this like years ago. Just spin the eight on its side and it's Mario Kart Infinite. I would love mm -hmm. it if they just put every piece of content from every Mario Kart game, including tour, into like the game that Mario Kart 8 is as a base. And they called mm -hmm. it Mario Kart Infinite on the next system. Like yep. they just love kind it. of hold off on the DLC. They keep their workflow going just to fill out the entire roster of every course from every game um yeah because that, that game yeah. still looks really great for the most part yeah um, i don't I need don't... it to look any better yeah just output it at only, high resolution. only toad circuit from 3ds yeah and and Chocolate circuit. Mountain, maybe yeah like yeah i'm not I'm not, I don't know, I don't need, know that I want anything from a, a new Mario Kart game that I'm not already getting from eight. Yeah. Except for oh, more I characters had a cool idea for like the next Mario Kart hook, but I can't remember what it was. That's all right. Think about it again someday. Um, oh, what if there were two drivers in one car? <laughs> what if, what if they did that? <laughs> um, yeah, so you've Have been you playing, been playing anything else lately? So I've been, I, I went on a journey to replay the Zelda games that are in like the main like Ganon branch of the storyline. And so I'm finally mm -hmm. back on Breath of the Wild with not enough time to spare before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Uh, I'm trying to basically retrace the steps from the first time I played it, but in master mode. Uh, okay. But I'm allowing myself to like really talk to every NPC and see where they lead me also. So I've gotten on some detours. Uh, I haven't gotten to Kakariko Village yet. Actually, no, I just rolled in the Kakariko Village and saved, like, right before we started recording this podcast. Okay. Uh, so before that, I went to Hateno Village because I think that was where the first place I ended up when I played the first time. But then I realized there are some characters that, like, point you toward uh, Luralin Village, the the beach town. Yeah. Uh, so I took a little detour there and then realized there's a lot of stuff that actually requires the camera for you to progress. So I'm going to have to go to Kakariko Village and get the camera or get, get permission oh, to get the camera. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's funny when you replay a game that's very non-linear, you start to see the parts that are more linear and they start to bother you a little bit and that's, that's sure. what's happening to me right now. Uh, but that game is still fantastic. I still love just the sense of, I have a destination in mind, but I'm going to get distracted by things that I, that I find along the way. Um, yeah. uh, so I've probably put in, like I said, like 25, 30 hours and I still haven't gotten to Kakariko Village so wow um i'm sort of so i i would assume that you played the champions ballad dlc yeah i did i did not and i'm thinking that would be a great place to pick up before tears of the kingdom it could be and it could be there's not really a lot going on there but remind me what it to... like is so the champions ballad the conceit is uh you go back to the great plateau you find out that there's something else hidden that you can you should do as the hero and that sort of leads you on a trek to find uh more shrines scattered throughout the world that are sort of tied to the histories of the champions and so you pick okay. up a little bit more of their history there's a nice little sweet scene at the end and then there's a new dungeon to play uh but it's not i don't know it's not huge okay I guess it's enough of like a of a goal 
to give me some direction to just like getting used to the physics and the and the ui of breath of the wild again before tears of the kingdom yeah um, uh, get it's them, a little bit, bit of the muscle challenging memory back. too so if you haven't played in a while it might might take you a little bit to at least get through the the, the first part of it okay yeah <laughs> noted um, uh, i will say the dungeon at the end is probably the best designed uh, dungeon in the game even though it's still well, that's using not the, a high bar even though it's still using the divine beast template um oh it makes better use i think of that format so. okay that's cool um do you think that they're gonna have more uh traditional dungeons in tears of the kingdom like yeah, maybe so a shrine sh- should we, we just talk we about that should we just talk about the gameplay that we saw because i think that'll oh yeah absolutely that'll that, lead this me is to my talk beautiful about, segue that'll lead me to talk about things that are tangential to this um i i still think it's possible i know in the um the very first teaser trailer there's a moment where we sort of like zoom out on a cave entrance that kind of looks like a traditional dungeon entrance from like a very old zelda game so i you know i think they put that hint in there on purpose i think we're supposed to think that there are going to be dungeons in this game yeah fire dungeon water dungeon forest dungeon i don't know that Um, they'll quite use that same template but i do think there will be spaces that are more like the dungeons we're used to like hyrule castle was kind of like a traditional zelda dungeon in breath of the wild well, it was like an, an open-world interpretation of a traditional right. Zelda dungeon, which was perfect. Right. That's exactly what that game needed. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that they that's kind of the format that they will use for the rest of these dungeons. They're going to be sort of open-world-like. It's not like a series of rooms with puzzles that you solve, like, sequentially, and then you get the boomerang at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked but, about this a little before, but it'll be things like you can enter the dungeon in multiple ways, depending on yes. what abilities you find pathways to use. Uh, totally. You might find some secret items in, in the dungeon that are only found there, and they're not going to be required to beat the game, but they'll be there, and you you can take advantage of them. Um, well, and that's kind of one of the things that I think... that I, I think Breath of the Wild didn't quite live up to its open world exploration promise in that you had these four moments where you're like oh there's the divine beast go there this Mm -hmm. is your objective and i think it would be a lot more um in character for the game's goals if you just stumbled on the dungeon like by exploring and Agreed. get through the dungeon because you're having fun and you find oh there's a big boss at the end who's whole, who's guarding one of the tiers of the kingdom like i would yeah. love it if they just never tell you hey that's a dungeon go there and you just find it on your own like the original zelda you just you have yeah. you have to get lucky and explore a lot and find the dungeons I remember there was uh, footage they showed at the game awards of breath of the wild in like 2015 probably um and they maybe it's 2014 and they uh there's a moment where where i forget if it was aonomar or miyamoto but one of them said oh there's a lot of enemies here we must be getting close to a dungeon and Hmm. that was sort of what i was expecting the dungeon format to be like in that game is you have a large world it would be mostly just look around see what's interesting go towards it but then there would be places that would be more inhabited by monsters and those would be yeah, your your yeah. your dungeon areas. 
Well, they did have just... places that were more inhabited by monsters kind of all over the place. It, one of the yeah. really nice things about Breath of the Wild was how many just sort of areas of the map were like dungeon adjacent challenges. Yes. They were anticlimactic because there wasn't really anything at the end of them. They were just places to go be and fight monsters and stuff. Um, but I, I hope so. I hope that's one of the big steps forward that they take is like learning how to design those naturalized challenges full of monsters in the world. And actually, you know, at the end of it, there's, you know, you start actually going underground and getting into the dungeon. And, and, and yeah, you know, speaking of going underground, they have explicitly confirmed that caves are a unit of gameplay in Tears of the Kingdom, which is really nice yes. to see. We've been speculating about that for a long time. Uh, yeah. If you look at the mini map on the screen. Uh, there are cave icons and they some of them have check marks so the caves can be cleared in some fashion who knows what that means at this point um i'm hoping that they it's this game's coming out too soon after elden ring for them to really have learned anything from that game but i hope they use a similar structure to that game where a lot of uh, that game's uh like mini dungeon areas i guess were capped off either by like a really tough enemy or a actual boss enemy so I mm -hmm. hope they make more liberal use of bosses and, and really tough enemies uh, as sort of like caps to their little mini areas, their shrine equivalents. I have a good feeling they will. Yeah, this game seems to put a lot of focus on on combat. Um, so, yeah, yeah well, I'm and there confident. were a lot of um, like there were a lot of mechanisms in place in Breath of the Wild for tough challenges. You know, there were the taluses and the henoxes and the bokoblin like um like base you know towers yep. and yep. stuff like that and like a lot of them just kind of felt not thoughtlessly is is the wrong like quality of word but like a lot of a lot of places that they were throughout the world was just kind of like all right well we need something to put in this giant open stretch of of nothing so we'll put a boss there yeah, and, oh, yeah. No, you stumble upon the boss because it's a big open field whoops and if they were put in the world a little bit more deliberately like and used as a punctuation mark for many challenges that would just be a lot better use of what they've built i think yeah and on top of that just having more the spaces themselves be a little more deliberately designed rather than like you said mm -hmm. open space that'll make a big difference too yeah um, another thing that makes me think that we're going to get like a big sort of underground network of dungeons is the ascendability. Yeah. Um, I, we, I, I'm just assuming everyone listening has already seen this gameplay. If not, you should probably just go back and, and watch it. Cause I don't, I don't want to explain every little detail that we're going to talk about. It'll be a two hour podcast at that point. But, um, if you can go look at a roof from like kind of wherever you are in the world and pop out the other side, then it, it just makes a little too much sense. Like that's how you get out of dungeons that you find like, Oh, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go back into the world and prepare, you know, get new weapons, get more hearts. Like it's, I'm not ready for this dungeon. So, okay. Warp out with the ascendability. It's a pretty significant tell for me that they have a coordinate system now on the map because that seems to suggest that, I mean, we know about the Sky Islands already, so we know there are multiple layers to the map, but you're not, I, I would imagine you're not just going to be able to point at the sky 
and use the ascend ability and just pop up to any island no matter how far away it is no yeah i mean I that think would that's be kind of insane recall. to implement um but you can very much imagine that there's a ground layer and underneath that is another world another map that has right. the same coordinate system and so you can point up at the ceiling check your map to see where you're where you'll pop out and then like make a quick exit from your dungeon yeah, one would assume that there is a sort of like a distance limit to how far you can use Ascend and that if you are underground in dungeons or caves or whatever, I mean, it, there's just constantly going to be a stone ceiling mm -hmm. you, within that limit above you. Yep, so, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah, the... they, they talked about using it to go through caves up above and it's like, well, yeah, there will be caves in the Sky Islands and you'll pop out on the top of a mountain, but clearly you're thinking bigger than that yeah i mean i'm thinking there's like three layers of hyrule there's the underground ganon's realm world of monsters there's the overworld that we all know and love and there's the sky islands which we've talked about already as probably some some form of interpretation of the sacred realm or maybe not yeah <laughs> maybe or it's, everything maybe we it's thought we knew about like the, sacred the sacred realm, realm and not connected by lore or everything we thought we knew about the sacred realm was just wrong and it's something completely different um the another point i guess in favor of the lower uh region is they there's all these areas throughout the world where you see these like spiraling malice clouds coming out of the ground mm -hmm. <laughs> so i would imagine that those are places where you can drop down lower mm. and go into some den of evil yeah um, malice hives it's just i don't really see any other way that that could possibly manifest in the game based on how those things appear at a distance um i'm gonna write a quick little list of like what there there was a lot that they showed off here so we talked about um ascend um there's the ultra hand there is um recall and fuse fuse there's Zonai. I'm not sure how much we have to say about that as a separate topic from Fuse, but that's there. Um, there is uh, la 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 one one more thing at least. There are you can see there are new kinds of towers on the surface. That's oh, a thing. sure. Um, I'm just quickly scrolling through the video to see what I remember jumping out to me. Um, I think I hit all the like. Yeah, I think all the if we talk about those topics, we'll probably hit on everything that we were thinking. Yeah. So Ultra Hand is really cool. This is how those vehicles that we saw in the last trailer get built. Um, it's also the reason that I think the Zonai topic might not like we've talked about that as like a lore idea so much that I don't have anything new to say about it. It's just sort of confirmed that they're part of the story here. Um, their technology powers like the fans and sort of the electrical impulses um, that uh, influence like the gameplay that we're that they're going for here. Um, so, yeah, how do you feel about these vehicles and the Ultra Hand ability? I think I talked on the show before about how like they seem to be taking the chemistry and physics engines and Breath of the Wild and to their natural conclusion, which is engineering. Mm -hmm. and so uh i i i actually I, the ultra hand i think is is far more interesting than just sticking stuff together 
because it, it it seems to let you do the magnesis thing but with any object that you could physically yeah. interact with uh which honestly is really nice because i thought magnesis was a little too bespoke and limiting in certain situations and Breath of the wild it's very much like i'm gonna fish this metal treasure chest or this metal weapon out of the water or i'm going to pick up this box and drop it on an enemy and now it's mm-hmm. like you can just interact and pick up and swing around and move around like any object. So that by itself has like huge ramifications for making interacting with things just a lot easier. Um, yeah. I like I the think... amount of creativity they seem to be allowing you to build stuff with Ultra Hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like you can just kind of put anything together that you like and that they are also doing a good job designing the world and and like the objects that they give you towards like what they want you to build and do and where they want you to go like i noticed in this gameplay demo um there were three logs and two fans and there was a little alcove in the water like where you put the boat so like Mm -hmm. they're they're trying to poke you towards learning the mechanics they're they're as wonderful game developers and designers that we've always known that they are um i appreciate that a lot i also think you're right that like this is the natural conclusion of some of these abilities. And a lot of the, the systems that they have put in place in this game are like refinements and replacements of what they had in Breath of the Wild. Like another ability that seemed really limiting and kind of not like just it didn't have as full a potential as it really could and should have was the ice ability. You're kind of just <laughs> freezing pillars of water like there was just very like there was not really a whole lot of utility for it but now you can do that one thing freeze a pillar of water presumably by just shooting an ice arrow into the water and so the the freeze ability is still there because of how they have improved the collection and and weapon system um that's one of the things that was really frustrating as well in breath of the wild is just like there's all these materials i'm collecting and i'm basically just like selling them for rupees or crafting them into potions that I then sell for rupees because oh now I have too many potions. Yeah. Um, it so makes me think being able of to that. use them in combat and to adjust you know the physics of the world like I, I just think that it's it's uh, two birds with one stone good idea. It makes me think of that um, that that demo they put together of uh, the like NES sprite work uh, concept uh, like thing that they used to test out concepts for breath of the wild mm-hmm. uh where there would just be objects lying around in the world and you would interact with them in some way and something would happen it seems like they're taking any object that you could discover in the tears of the kingdom world can potentially have some interaction with some other object yeah uh, whether that's through weapons that you attach them to and then they the weapon those weapons now do something that they didn't do before or whether that's put it, sticking those items together to build something that kind of takes the properties of all those all those objects. Yeah. So that's really fascinating. And I, I hope it's more than just building vehicles and, you know, add, adding elements to weapons. I hope they, they do some really crazy stuff with some of that. Well, um, I, I, I just, I, I guess I don't don't know exactly how to transition this but one of the the ways that i think this like clever thinking shows itself too is in the fusibility people had all these problems with the weapon degradation system well we want your weapons to break sometimes so that you have to figure out new ways forward so we're not gonna just get rid of that 
here's actually a cool new idea. Fuse things together and find a ton of different weapon combinations. Just smash anything together and it's it's going to be fun. And um, I, I just think that's such a, a creative and intelligent way um, to push the Breath of the Wild formula forward. Um, yeah, it like leans into the improvisation that you ha- had to yeah. do because your weapons broke. Now it's like not only do you have to pick up new weapons constantly because your inventory is not going to be permanent, you can also modify those weapons freely like in the middle of combat even. Yeah, so I really and love the really ways cool. that they're sort of absorbing the um, criticisms of Breath of the Wild from like traditional sort of Zelda sort of from the standpoint of a traditional Zelda experience and adjusting tears of the kingdom to further the formula that they've laid forth because the Zelda formula, like it had its, it had its time. The breath of the wild formula is something totally different. And just like the Zelda formula was like expanded and improved upon over several games. I think this can be too. And so when I see, oh, it's got the same overworld, you know, a lot of people see that and they think, well, I, you know, maybe I'm not as excited about this game. It could have been DLC. It, like, it's not as, it's maybe not as much of a sequel as I want it to be. Like, I really think those kinds of takes underestimate just how fundamentally the game is changed by the tweaks to the physics and inventory mechanisms that are, you're actually going to be defining your your moment-to-moment experience in the world. Um, I also think those kinds of takes are underestimating the underworld that, to be fair, we're only presuming, um, but also the over the sky world that we have been shown is a core focus of the game. Yes. Um, it really feels like, you know, that this gameplay demo was not the game. It was the Great Plateau area. Like, this is the equivalent to Tears of the Kingdom that the E3 demo was to Breath of the Wild. Think about how much just infinitely more that we saw in the actual game breath of the wild than we did in that great plateau and that's that's the comparison they're just showing us the first 10 minutes yeah and think how much more that's going to crack open as you play 150 200 hours of this game one of the things that really excites me and you you sort of alluded to this when you're talking about advancing the formula from breath of the wild is one of the things that I, i find somewhat challenging or frustrating i guess about playing breath of the wild is there's so much cool stuff you can do if you know how to exploit the properties of of things that you find in the world but some of that stuff takes a lot of meticulous setup to really like leverage effectively Mm -hmm. now they're making that so much easier uh you can just attach those things to your weapons and just fight with them um i think a lot more people are going to start to appreciate the kinds of options that you have when fighting enemies because it's just gonna be so much easier to use those options so that I think is going to make just completely change the game experience by itself. I know I also am kind of boring sometimes when I play, even though I, I really like love how much flexibility they give you to approach different situations in different ways. Sometimes it's just like much more frictionless to just go in and start hitting things with your sword and trying to yeah. max the way you approach combat that way. Um, but now it's just I can still approach combat that way i can still go in and mostly fight with my weapons but i can also take advantage of those cool options so right. i don't know i think it's going to be combat's going to be a lot more fun in this game i mean um, even if you think about it in terms of like the options that they gave you in breath of the wild like it, let's take a chew jelly for example you had to like w- like 
walk up to an enemy and drop it in front of them and mm-hmm. then walk all the way back to shoot an arrow at it if you wanted yep. to have that setup. Now you just attach it to an arrow and shoot. Like yep. or make turn you can turn any weapon into an electrical weapon too because you can just yeah. take, turn your wooden stick potentially into an electrical weapon. Yeah, so it's um yeah. I'm just reiterating what you said. The combat's going to be a lot more fun because they've simplified it so much. Yeah. Um, even the things that they built into Breath of the Wild, like as an option, just it didn't really logistically make a lot of sense in context. And now they can. Yeah. I will say it seems I had an idea that I talked about on the show where it was basically like maybe they can do a thing where you don't have all of your quote-unquote gear that you would normally have in breath of the wild like you don't have maybe you don't have bombs by default but you might pick up a lot of stuff that is explosive <laughs> and so yeah. you could really just you can make your own bombs you can make your own weapons that that have explosive properties and i wonder how much that's going to play into things like puzzle solving or, or problem solving uh where they can just put those kinds of things all over the world even though they don't necessarily hand you the, all the tools to do stuff with them at the start uh, i know that the giving you all the abilities at the start in breath of the wild really made that game open in some ways but i did find myself and i'm sure i've said this before i did find myself missing that sense of like discovering new ways to interact with the world uh, yeah to open up pathways and 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 solve problems like it's like i had i had my toolkit from the start and and then all the problems were they just felt the same for the for the whole game i totally get what you mean I'm hoping the fact that we have all these different ways to modify our weapons and, and our, our tools means that they'll start layering in new kinds of problems uh, all over the world. Yeah, I I think it it stands to reason that they would because, I mean, I do think we're getting like the four core abilities of this game at the very beginning because he had them at the very beginning in this demo. So why wouldn't they be designed that way again? Yep. It worked for Breath of the Wild. Of course, it would work again, especially when they make the abilities like improved upon the previous games. Um, but also, yeah, if they design the materials in the world in tandem with the structures and the, the actual layout and the geography of the world and the challenges that they want you to complete like that, it just, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and the, the because not every, are... not every puzzle has to be about how you use the abilities to solve it, but you can, you use the environment around you to solve the environment around you. Oh, and the beautiful thing about the abilities in this game is they're abilities that give you the versatility. They're not abilities that just do a th- specific thing. They're abilities mm-hmm. that let you do a lot more things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's probably my favorite thing about the way they're handling those abilities in this game. All in all, I think it's going to be a way more fun game than Breath of the Wild. I, I mean, Breath yeah, of the Wild yes. obviously was very fun, but like... I think from a moment to moment perspective, it's going to be a lot, a lot better to play. Yeah. Um, and that's saying something because Breath of the Wild is already a very fun game moment to moment for me. I agreed for a while. I did get to like 150 hours and I know a lot of people have put a lot more time in than that, but I, I did find myself by then pretty exhausted by the repetition of the enemies and the world design. And yeah, I hear, I hear you. I do. I do want more variety, content variety. I think that's, I, I was one of the people who was originally like, I really hope it's not just them reusing the world from the previous game. Cause that, I know that world by the back of my hand, like it's not going to be fun as fun to go around in a place I already know. 
Um, I've started. I think it to... may be fun to see the changes. Like I, exactly, in some way that there's a world that they're building here that is only going to be fun because of how it's different from the past one, and because it's reusing the past one. Um, Someone. So had I have an open out... mind about how the overworld is going to be to explore. I also like. It's not like I remember every nook and cranny of this. Oh God! We maybe put a lot. Do. We maybe put a different hour <laughs> count into it. But... Yeah, I've played more than four hundred hours at this point. Um, okay. Yeah. One, someone pointed out on I don't know if it was Twitter or somewhere else that this is the first time in a Zelda game where we'll actually get to explore the kingdom that we saved in the previous game, mm. or at the you know, and we've never gotten a really a true end game, a post game in a Zelda game before. Yeah. And this is not exactly that, but it could serve a lot of the similar purposes uh, in terms of like going back and discovering things in the world you've already saved. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I have a feeling that, like, the overworld citizens are not going to, like, feel like they're in imminent danger again. Like, I, I really, I guess I'm just making this up out of nowhere, but, like... I guess it depends. I, I would think it that they would all probably. be like, oh, my God, Link, you, thank you for saving us. Everything is great now, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And kind of unaware of what's going on underground. Oh, but I guess well, Hyrule Castle is lifted into the sky. Never mind. Everyone knows they're in danger again. We we know there are major landscape changes. I guess the question is how much do those landscape changes actually interact with the places that are populated? And how much are mm -hmm. they just interacting those wild spaces that, that were not really populated before? Do you think there's a chance that, like, we get into the game world and Ganon has just completely wiped a town off the map? Like, we spent all this time building up Terrytown, and now they're all dead. I would love that. Not necessarily that they're all dead, but that the town well, right. got destroyed <laughs> or something. Um, uh, that, those are the kinds of stakes that I would like to see from a game like this. They're the kinds of stakes that I think the narrative is going to allow for. Uh, yeah. In Breath of the Wild, Ganon was very much an enemy that had been sealed away 100 years ago and was just sort of starting to emerge. Now it seems like it's very much Ganon is, Ganon is back in force he's uh unleashed new monsters and horrors on the world and right good luck guys um in a way all these people like are not used to that like danger level because like they're all born after the big calamitous war mm -hmm. um so yeah this is like the closest they would have gotten to another full-blown calamity yeah yeah huh. um uh one ability we didn't talk about so far was recall um I, yeah what what i'm I, i'm wondering so they showed the ability to uh take floating falling debris and use it to, as basically an elevator to get up to the sky kind of something that i think we expected that they'd do um we also saw in a previous trailer there was a boulder rolling down a hill or some spiked ball or something rolling down a hill and link used it sent it back up to you know steamroll the enemies that were just sort of chasing it down the hill um I get the feeling there's a lot more going on with this ability that we haven't seen yet. Um, I will. I'll, I'll share my thoughts and then and then ask you to elaborate. You sounds like you're hinting at something specific. Um, I agree. Um, what I sort of had in mind for what we're not seeing yet is that you can like use it on enemies and send them back to where they like. You know, if they get too close, you, like, put some distance between you. You can maybe, if your aim is good enough, use it on an arrow and, like, get it back. Um, like, I, I just imagine that you can use this ability 
with just about anything around you as you can with Ultra Hand. And um, there's a fourth ability that uh, I'm not sure what it is. The icon is like the Master Sword. So I'm curious. I think that was Fuse, I think. Oh, maybe. Wait a minute. There's Fuse, Ultra Hand, Because it's a sword, recall, and then that's and shining at the right. end. Yeah. I think okay. that's, yeah, that's, so, just, that's, uh, that's Fuse. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what, what did you have in mind? So they've shown the ability to rewind object motion. What I'm curious about, what I think they might also do, is the ability to rewind object state. So not just where has the object can, been, but you what. You can unexplode a box. Not necessarily unexplode a box, but like maybe there's something that you discover in the world and it has had undergone some kind of change, like oh. a building a building that got destroyed or something. Yeah. And you could turn it back to what it was like when it was built. That's interesting. Um, I really like that idea. Seems like it thematically would fit this game um, from what we've seen of it. I um, have trouble picturing how that would like wind up being like a a fun interaction to make rather than just like oh here's this cave covered over with landslides so i use the recall and now the door is here i found this cave and have to press like three buttons to use to actually go in how much fun is that really compared to just like finding a cave that's already open sure yeah i um, I, I don't know but i don't I think, think that means it's like that could... you're less likely to be right i just anticipate it. You know, how, uh, would that wind up being more of an obstacle than uh, joy? Yeah, I don't know how they use that idea, but I think it could have some potential, um, especially if Ganon has recently un unleashed havoc on this world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, recall this to, like, what it was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't have more specifics, but I can see how, like, specifically rewinding something to the state that it was in Breath of the Wild could sure. be interesting. Because, sure. like, I mean, what if, what if, what if recall is at the end of the day how you repair everything? Like, you recall Hyrule Castle back to the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting the way that they've implemented the icons for some of these abilities because some of them look like like alter hand for for example very different kind of icon than fuse uh mm -hmm. recall has this like big kanji looking thing in the center yeah um, uh i that, that i wonder if there's story implications there not just gameplay implications i think there must be right like they're a little too intricate not to be and and ultra hand i mean clear like that's link's magical hand like i think it's it's got to be story related somehow which is a yeah. wonderful transition into kind of our final topic here like what are some of the story implications that we've discovered i mean one is if this is the starting era area which it just simply must be i mean there's uh, link he's fighting with this, tree like, branches and killing enemies pretty quickly so it's gotta yeah. be so link is already dressed in this like green sort of like retro kind of like outfit it seems that what we've seen to this point is like opening cutscenes. It's Link and Zelda from Breath of the Wild, like beginning the story of this game. It's kind of like the resurrection cutscene from Breath of the Wild. Um, 
and then we we sort of wake up with this new look in this new sky island place um right like right it seems that way it seems i mean he's got four hearts that's a tell um he hasn't really gone he's 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 started on the surface even in an area that is one of the early areas in breath of the wild um uh, i I agree that that probably all the cutscenes that we've seen are probably from the opening scenes of the game because there's really nothing that we've seen that seems like it could have been particularly late um at least not knowing what we know now yeah uh, we've like, seen it, some it, it could, that could have been like Link and Zelda coming up on Ganon could have been like, you know, the mid scene, like sort of like God, or so the mid game kind that, of though. like event, you know, if you could play as Link and Zelda for the whole game and then you get separated like but we now we see that that's probably not the case. Yeah, they could be holding it back still, I suppose. But. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. I'm trying not to think too much about what I think the story is going to be like because i do want to be surprised fair enough um, i almost didn't watch this footage but i was feeling kind of down that day and i was like i need something to pick me up <laughs> so i watched it and i was like oh this is actually the kind of information i would have wanted about this game so that's perfect. exactly i kind of always trust that that's what nintendo's gonna do like i know there's some people who are like not watching mario movie trailers like so it's not but i like i want to know what to get excited about it doesn't ruin any of the experience for me i would <laughs> i would rather know like you know what details do i want to pay attention to on my first go through yeah um right you know oh yeah and you want to have a good you want to have good expectations yeah which Um, i now i now do for this game i guess you know speaking of the mario movie we did mean to sort of catch up a little bit about that in the introduction to all this um is there anything you wanted to mention about tears of the kingdom before we just sort of boil down and uh, Um, look forward to that in a couple days we did say we want to talk about the Zonai. So that I don't I have think, anything to say about it, but so I'm listening. I, I'm enjoying the fact that they are taking something that was very obviously like an unsolved mystery of Breath of the Wild and expanding on it greatly in the sequel. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Very cool to see them. I haven't really done that before. They introduced things like the Sheikah and Ocarina of Time, and then they just kind of put them in the closet for a while and didn't bring them yeah. back out till like Twi- Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Uh, so we never really, we've never really gotten like developments on some of these new additions to the lore and to the world in quite the way that we've gotten with, with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So that's cool to see. I'm also, with all the state changes happening in the world and with... Um, uh, the ascendability. One of the things I was thinking in particular is the zone I have those labyrinths that you find in Breath of oh, the Wild. Oh yeah, I think those could have a lot of potential to interact with the ascendability and with really all of all of Link's abilities in really interesting ways. Um, uh, I worry recall, that you're and, right because I hated those mazes. <laughs> recall in particular could be interesting. So I wonder if that would let you like change the shape of the maze in some way. Mm. Um, this is sort of what I was getting at when I said there's probably some potential in uh, that beyond. Ultra just, hand, move all the walls out of your way and you don't have to solve yeah, it at all. Move the walls out of your way, make the dungeon <laughs> rise and fall with recall and with like me- mechanisms in the dungeon. And yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that's really it. I'm really, I'm really happy that they're, uh, they're taking some of that white space in the world and turning it into story content for their new game. 
Part of me wonders slash worries if this is just kind of their excuse for like, um, like, oh, it's just a different ancient culture with shrines all over the world. Like, I mean, it's going to be that. Let's just how, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like something a little fresher. Like, you know, it's all green lights instead of blue lights, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the question is, how satisfying is the content going to be? And I, we just can't yeah. say right now. Yeah. Um. But I think I don't know. I have high hopes. I think it's going to be cool. They seem yeah, I definitely, like similar. I definitely to feel the... more confident about this game now that I know kind of what the core abilities are going to be. Yeah, and similar to the Sheikah, it seems like their presence in the world and like the technology that they've made is not necessarily like good or evil in terms of like story implication you know like the sheikah mm -hmm. technology was used as monsters but like they were their guardians protecting the kingdom like it seems like that can be a similar situation with link fighting these like zonai robots is like oh these are like these are a challenge designed to prepare you for evil like the zonai are the good guys yeah even though I wonder if it's one obstacle. of those situations where you like approach ancient ruins and those are the places where you find constructs but then you might also find enemies that have like stolen zonai technology and you're using them mm -hmm. in some way all over the world um that could be interesting yeah yeah um did you have any thoughts about those new towers i feel like those are probably just zonai towers serving the same purpose as the sheikah towers yeah i wonder if i wonder what purpose they serve i guess maybe it's they map out the sky islands that's why there's they seem to be so much so high up even oh, relative yeah, to the breath of the wild towers um i'm curious what the state of your map is going to be at the start of the game um uh like is it going to be the breath of the wild map that you already had from the first game and then you have to like add stuff to it because stuff has changed that would be pretty cool yeah because um, why would link forget everything that he discovered already exactly um i know the shape of the world has changed so your map is gonna have to get updated in some way it's just like yeah i should yeah. know generally where stuff is in the world at this point so it it i have one final question what do you think the tears of the kingdom are is, or is that just metaphorically like, oh, it's in danger, so everyone's sad? So Link is carrying these vials on his belt. And uh -huh. I think in this gameplay footage, we saw most of them looked like they were empty from what I mm -hmm. from what I could tell. In other footage, we've seen them filled with like green, some kind of green something. Uh, yep. I don't know if those are the... I, I suspect those are the Tears of the Kingdom. I also wonder if they're going to have some kind of gameplay effect. Like a good example would be I can do recall and I can actually take those falling debris and go higher up. Or I can uh, have the the battery power on my little machine go for longer. Or So I was going to say I actually thought those capsules. You're probably right. Why, why else would he have vials on his belt if not to carry the tears of the kingdom? Mm -hmm. But um, – Visually, what I saw when I saw those is that they were like portable batteries so that he could power the fans for longer and stuff like that. And so maybe they're the tears of the Zonai kingdom and they are electricity. And that's how you sort of unfold more powerful layers of the um, Zonai technology and, and can do thing do run machines better and longer. Yeah. I just wonder if it has more implications than just for the battery powered stuff. That's all. Hmm um so that's my what from what we've seen that's what i'm thinking i don't know how you'll 
get them. I wonder if those we've seen like green spirally things in parts of the world. You could see one of them um, uh, as Link was approaching the stable to to go to the the recall thing. Uh, some of them are uh, red spirally things. So I wonder if, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like you go and you purify one of those red spirally things and it becomes green and you get a tear of the kingdom and it kind mm-hmm. of is like a spirit orb or something. I don't know. Sure. But uh, I could see, I could see it playing out that way. Wait a minute. What, what um, spirit orbs were the prizes at the end of shrines, right? You get four Correct. and you upgrade your, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those were delivered as Sheikah tears. So it could be the Zonai tiers. You're right. They have similar right. eye designs with like teardrops and stuff. Yep. Um, I yeah, that's um, the other thing. Sheikah mm-hmm. teardrop is a thing that has been sort of hinted at what that means, but never really explained. So I wonder if that actually has something to do with the the tears of the kingdom. Um. What. My, what my hunch was is, I mean, we see we saw that like sort of hieroglyphic sort of like portrait um, with like this deity and all these like sort of swirly things around it. So maybe those red and green swirls are the tears of the kingdom. I thought those are the tears of the kingdom and you collect like seven tears of the kingdom as like the traditional sort of like there's seven like dungeon, it could be. Quote, it could dungeon be. areas that you solve. You beat the boss, you get the tier. Um, I, and... I just think that would be. That, that's that, that could very well be right i just think it would be very 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 boring execution that's all. <laughs> fair enough um i think they can make it interesting in some ways though like maybe they are the sheikah tears the zonai are protecting them from invaders um but you have to overcome the dungeon challenges in order to get the tears of the kingdom because they're like the they like they are life they are the souls of like you know the seven sages for example like you know sure. you have to they're so sacred. They have to be protected, and you're the only one who can, like, use them for good. Um, I feel like the story implication is that – and I am I have to say it for the podcast. Feel free to plug your ears if you like, Alex. Um, and I guess anyone who's listening to the podcast, skip ahead 30. But my hunch is that you collect the tears of the kingdom and fuse them, fusibility, with the decaying master sword. And it's like the sacred yeah. energy that repairs it to its natural state. And um, yeah. Now yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was also wondering, yeah, do those vials represent how much power has been restored to your master? You can get restored to mm. your master sword. Mm-hmm. Um, that could also, I mean, I just, I hope it manifests in multiple ways. I hope it's not just one thing. That's all. Yeah. Stories are all like, I just, now. you're getting, you're getting more powerful in all kinds of ways, not just in one particular way yeah um so as we um close out our episode um i have nothing more to say april fools there's two more little things we want to hit on um one is the mario movie one is i realized um in this discussion of poochie as a mario kart character i made a little list of some characters that have never shown up in mario kart but like could we could see them in tour and some other stuff in the future. Are you you down you down to talk a little bit about Mario for a little more, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. I'm just gonna go through the list because I mean, you know, what? It, not a real, whole lot to say, really. They're Mario characters. Um, Luma, lots of colors of yeah. Luma. And why did they invent Baby Rosalina so they could have one more lightweight character? Just put a Luma in the game. That was so yeah. weird. 
have it be really fatalistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Lubba, because he's fun. The fat Ooh. Luma from Mario Galaxy 2, Spaceship mm-hmm. Man. Um, Professor Egad, obviously. Where the heck is he? Mm-hmm. Um, Gooigi. Fun little addition, easy to hey, model. Hey, you know, speaking of Egad, just have Flood be a, be a driver. <laughs> that would actually be really fun and cool. I would like that. Um, and speaking of old guys, Toadsworth, where the heck is mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Fawful from several Mario and Luigi games. We've also got Starlo from several Mario and Luigi games. There's lots of good Mario and Luigi characters who could be fun additions to Mario Kart, but I feel like those are the two sort of, um, like, most recurring. There's a couple of recurring characters that are not quite as important to the story. Um, But uh, we got Paper Mario. We got Cami Koopa. We've got... Uh, there's a lot of Kong family members who have never shown up in Mario Kart, and I would expect returning racers to take priority, but there's, like, Cranky Kong, Lanky Kong, uh, Tiny Kong was in Mario, uh, Diddy Kong Racing DS. Um, so if yeah, they wanted to do, like, them. a Diddy Kong racing track, she could be a fun addition. Oh, God, that's a really good idea. I feel like a couple of Diddy Kong characters or Donkey Kong characters are inevitable for the Mario Kart 8 booster course at this point. Yeah, um, Funky Kong, I would think, is... Well, Diddy Kong actually isn't there yet. At least maybe Dixie Kong on top of that. I hadn't thought about that Diddy Kong racing thing. That could be fun. They could have a Diddy Kong racing track. I think they would need to work out a deal with Rare, and so it's not going to happen. Like, I think Rare owns Rare owns the characters. I don't think they own the content. Interesting. Uh, And I think they really just own Conquer, Banjo, and Tip Tup, and maybe a couple of the other original characters in that game. Andrew, we'll investigate. But Diddy yeah. Kong Racing could be really fun because you've got the water and the drive, the driving levels and the plane layers. And so, like, yep. those are just things that are already baked into Mario Kart 8 by now. So Diddy yep. Kong Racing courses are kind of perfect. Um, the last Donkey Kong sort of rep, King K. Rule, just, you know. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Need more villains in Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, fewer babies more villains unless they're baby villains baby villains yeah i mean th- there's baby bowser baby wario um yeah why, why no baby wario why no baby waluigi the world means baby waluigi uh right if you're gonna invent a baby for mario kart it better be waluigi baby <laughs> rosalina what is that <laughs> he's got pl- he's got plenty of tracks at least so yeah um Speaking of the Wario universe, that's really the only next uh, place I'm going with this. Captain Syrup from Wario Land. There's also, uh, I think, a Wario Ware would be a more interesting source place. Like a Diamond City course would be really cool. Way cooler than mm-hmm. Singapore um, or New York, actually. Get rid of, just reskin New York Minute. What the heck were they thinking? Diamond City, baby. <laughs> um, put Nine Volt in the game, I think, is the best choice just because he's like a, you know, gamer um who who would be more excited to cross over into mario kart from WarioWare than nine volt um but mona already is like a biker so that could work and then ashley is just a fan favorite so give her like a witch broom bike and you know easy peasy yeah my uh my dark horse pick for a new mario kart uh eight character is captain falcon oh i like that 
I think it'd yeah. make a lot of sense. They've got the two F zero courses. They've got the they've got his Blue Falcon. Like, just put him in. I know, yeah, yeah. Make him Kirby. say the make him say the things. Oh yeah, come Kirby. on, show Kirby me. Would yeah, be fun. you just use those voice lines for like his tricks. Mm-hmm. He could do like he could say, "Show me your moves," and like flex his arms and stuff. Show your moves. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's yeah. Kirby that's would that. be good. Especially if Kirby did his little air ride thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby tr- Kirby track would be really fun now that I think about it. I know, right? I mean, well, and they could just pull something from Kirby's air ride, adapt it as a retro course. Yeah, like I'm imagining the music also. That'd be yeah. Um, but they do a lot of Mario Kart driving in the Mario movie, which comes out in just a couple days. How are you feeling about that? You excited? Um, my wife and I are going to try to see it at the drive-in, assuming oh. we can get there on uh, Wednesday. Um, uh, That's fun. I don't know. I don't. I'm not thinking too much about it. But I, I'm, I'm aside from that, I know it's coming. It's apparently getting pretty good at initial initial reviews since the the premiere was last night. Yeah, uh, which is not surprising to me at all. Um, uh, but if people are saying it's not just a good video game movie, it's just a good kids movie all around, like that's perfect. Right, that's what we need. But it's also like the one of the quote that I saw is that it's a the perfect love letter to every area of Mario, which is so great. Like it's not just a couple of games. It's not like the the makers were big Mario 64 fans. It's like this is a Mario world story. And it's unique to the movie and i love that i i don't th- like zelda for example if they made a zelda movie i would think that they should adapt specific games but there's so much content in mario that like none of which would make a particularly great representative movie of the whole like sort of just none of them would well, make a particularly great mario story because you need well, the you need the hero's journey of like yeah they're in new york they get sucked into the warp zone they find the mushroom kingdom we meet all these weird characters they need all that kind of stuff before you set up um like uh sequels basically well, you and can't aside just... from the 3d games mario games are basically treading the same story over and over again mm-hmm. i guess mario world's a bit of a departure mario brothers 2 usa is a bit of a departure other than that that's pretty much yep bowser kidnapped the princess time to go through eight worlds that are themed exactly the same in most of the right. games to go safer <laughs> like... right and it's also like it just drops you into that status and you go through the eight worlds and it's like there's a there's a three second beginning a three second end and a 10 hour middle and yeah like that's just not a movie format whereas stuff some things like zelda is is telling a hero's journey with every single game and so there already is the like story unfolding in in a much more cinematic way than you than does in mario and so anyway i a ton of challenges to figure out in making this movie and it sounds like they have hit every note perfectly and i'm very excited i think i'm most looking forward to is uh they're going to have to do real world building for a movie universe that they don't Mm -hmm. really do as consistently in the actual game universe i i'm hopeful that they'll start to bring some of that like attention to world building detail back into the games also where we might see things like not all of the little grunt enemies look exactly the same. Some of them actually have a little bit of personality or yeah. 
uh, there are actual places that we go in this game that feel like real places and not like little game sandbox spaces uh, or not just like I'm game optimistic. sandbox spaces. I'm optimistic that that thing about enemies that you mentioned actually makes its way back into Paper Mario. Because remember, they were like, you know, every toad has to look exactly the same. Every Koopa yeah. has to look exactly the same. And, and I'm like, not just talking Paper Mario. I'm talking like no, I mainline know. Mario. Yeah. I don't know that it's as important there as, as it is when you're like talking to different Koopas with different personalities, for example. I'm fine with just a bunch of identical green Koopas stomping around a grassland world, you know. Well, but I'm, when, I'm not when you're in Paper Mario about... and one of them is the leader of the Koopa army and they just all copy-paste the same sprite over and over, it's like, where's your, where's your gravitas? You're you're sure. the leader, really? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you who look exactly the same as all your, your compadres. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing, you said uh, you think the Zelda, uh, Zelda movie would be best if it adapted a specific game. Yeah. I actually think it might be better if a Zelda movie, instead of adapting a specific game that already exists, latched onto some kind of like time period in the Zelda timeline that hasn't been explored yet, but that we sort of know about. Oh, uh, a good example would be like the actual original Calamity, uh, the ten thousand years ago one. Um, yeah, that could be a good time time space. Uh, the um, another good one could be. I mean, if they're going to adapt a game, you could do a lot. You could, I could very well see like a link to the past or or the original game being adapted in some way. I think it's got to um, be Ocarina of Time. I think that has the story beats where you set up the world and the characters that you're going to be dealing with over and over again the best. Like it's, it's the Ganondorf story, and you need to know who Ganondorf is. And that's a great climax of the movie. Is oh man, this wizard guy turns into this giant evil monster. Like whoa. Yeah. Selfishly, I would rather they try to retell that story in a game again but that's just me i mean it would be well, um, ocarina of time remake alongside a movie that'd be awesome right yeah yeah i guess um, i guess you're right but yeah i just i don't know i just feel like that story in particular is the best suited like in terms of its um establishing moments and its twists um in order to like prep movie going audiences who maybe are not necessarily familiar with zelda it would have the best setup the for its story and villains uh, yeah villain in particular uh yeah you need like that ganon origin story i think yeah. for a movie um because a link to the past takes place a long time afterwards right and so it yeah that's true yeah like it, it yeah i just see it in terms of like people who are are not as familiar with the timeline as us like will need an entry point and i th i think ocarina is the best i think wind waker would make a great movie um i think twilight princess would make a great movie um and a lot of a lot of games um but i'm curious to know like there's so many people who played breath of the wild but they just never played any of the other zelda games i'm i'm kind of curious to know like what their take on this would be like because they haven't probably haven't seen ocarina of time they don't know that history um even though that history is sort of important to understanding how things are the way they are in breath of the wild that's part of why i think it would be such a good pick yeah, because I guess you don't right. even need to go through this clunky, you know, many hour Nintendo 64 game where you can't even remap the controls on Switch Online. And yeah, you can just true. understand the story and, and the point of its impact on the universe of Zelda um, in a hour long in an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Another thing selfishly that I would want is a sequel to that Link's story where we see kind of what he does after Majora's Mask, for example. That would be cool. Um, 
that would be cool. It'd be very cool. I don't know what the story would be. It feels kind of um, so so soon after Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. I wouldn't want another story where it's like, oh, this kingdom you saved, Ganon's back again a year later. I feel like right oh, off the bat, Tears sequel. of the Kingdom, that might be. In a movie sequel, you don't need Ganon. Oh, to a come movie back. sequel to Ocarina of Time. Yeah. That's oh. What I'm if they do an Ocarina of Time movie, I, if they do a sequel to the Ocarina of Time movie, I would love for them to tackle. I mean, like, I think it would that guy Mask do? movie would be great too. I could see that being fun. I could see that being better as a TV series, but oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Ah, there's so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of so much to do, it's been a great you have episode. so much to do. <laughs> yeah, it has been a great episode. I have to turn my laundry over. My neighbors are probably annoyed. <laughs> or not oh, being adults right now yeah <laughs> all right always wonderful to talk thank you yeah. so much for listening and uh have a great nintendo week just yeah. kidding hopefully, i hate you april fools hopefully we'll catch up with everyone before <laughs> tears of the kingdom is out yeah um i think we're gonna try to have a mario movie reactions episode okay um we'll try yeah, I, I should be able to make that happen yeah cool all right bye everybody rad cheers well everybody that is all for this week thank you so much for tuning in if you like our show please feel free to subscribe and give us a quick positive rating on itunes or stitcher spotify wherever you listen it is a small act of support that really helps people find our show it's good for them it's good for us it's good for you guys to see our community grow it really helps us out if you are an epic gamist and you have an epic game question or you got reactions to what we said or fun Nintendo stories you want to share, please send it to epicgamist at gmail.com. And you can follow Epic Gamist on Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all kinds of different places for different kinds of stuff. Pick your favorite platforms. If you are listening right now, if you can hear me, we know that you stuck with us. We know you're hardcore. And again, we are just getting restarted here. So much so that those accounts I mentioned don't actually have any posts or profile pictures or anything. <laughs> so you're not in the wrong place. But the goal, ultimately, is to have fun waiting for you on any app you choose all powered by a charity driven patreon so that gamers can give back while supporting all kinds of fun content made just for you literally just for you because of the patreon requests so every listen like retweet share every follow on those accounts whatever way that you want to support us even for free still fuels the same good goal so we are really counting on you, Mario Party Top 452 of you, to help us raise awareness and spread the word and get more gamers giving back. For fun. When it's up, we'll tell you. Nintendo Week is brought to you by our hosts, Alex Plant, tweet at Legend of Lex, Lee Albanese, tweet at Enalanes, that's E-N-A-L-A-N-E-S, Jackson Murphy, tweet at Cheaper by 12 Film, and Dark Alex, tweet into the abyss and destroy yourself. Myself, tweet at Colin McIsaac. That's C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Nintendo Week is a fan show. We are not affiliated with or operated by Nintendo, and we do not represent the brand in any way. All opinions expressed are our very own, and all games played are purchased, not provided, unless otherwise stated.